Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is episode 153 of the show, and today we got the chance to talk with Angela Rucci. She is the founder and CEO of Tago, and Tago is a personal safety application that uh, you guys will learn more about today on the podcast. It's really exciting to talk with Angela. She's a student still at Ohio State, and she's studying computer science and engineering. And uh, it's always interesting talking to someone at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey and getting to hear their story. Before we jump into that interview, though, we got to take a quick moment to thank some of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus. And their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. And Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent, through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. All right, Conquerors. Let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Today on the show, we've got Angela Rucci joining us, and Angela is the CEO and co-founder of Tego, a personal safety application that allows someone to send updates to their friends when waiting by or when walking by yourself, excuse me. And Angela thought of the idea after being assaulted while shopping at a local grocery store, and she pitched the idea at the OSU Hackathon in 2018, where she took first place. And uh, on top of this, Angela is studying computer engineering at Ohio State. We're really excited to have her here on the show to talk about everything they've got going on. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Angela. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on the show. We're really excited to talk about Tego. And actually, I think we had 
Jack Hutchinson mentioned uh, just a few weeks back, talk about you and your application, your team at Tego. So ex yeah. excited to uh, finally get to meet you and talk through this. But what's a typical day look like for you now? Uh, so right now, uh, we're developing our Android app, which will be out July 1st. And so I'd say we probably start the morning off uh, the team meets together around 8 or 9 a.m. And we pretty much code that until 5 or 6 p.m. And then from there, we have a lot of business stuff that needs to be done. So from 5, 6 o'clock, we'll, I usually need like an hour break. And then from like 6 or 7 to 10 p.m. 10 p.m. I'm working on the business so uh, the days are crazy this is not typical and this will probably start to tailor off to a normal like just 10 hour day uh, in July and August uh, yeah and I also like to start my days with coffee that's like I have to start my day with coffee and then I go into that so maybe before we jump too much into like the structure what the team looks like today and everything maybe yeah. take it back a little bit and just talk about did you grow up here in Columbus and um, high school and obviously college at Ohio yeah. State, you know, where, how are you progressing through college? Like, are you still continuing full time? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. I was actually also born in California, but I moved here when I was five, so I'm pretty much from Ohio. I moved, I went to two years at Youngstown State University and I loved it there, but the computer science program wasn't exactly what I needed. So then I transferred to Ohio State. I, finishing up, I should be done in the fall semester. I have four credits left. It's not gonna be full time. I really just have to take like one class and then I'll be done. How has balancing that been with balancing trying to run this whole like it's you just that day you mentioned didn't have a lot of schoolwork in there yeah well luckily the semester's done I it's it's hard because I wouldn't say so I've been working on Tego since October and in the fall semester it was fine I was taking easier classes I should also mention I'm a computer science major so it's not I guess like easy might be relative but for me they were easier um and then the last semester, I was taking machine learning and AI too, and I'm going to be honest, didn't do that well in those classes, but got through them. I still have one class left to go, but school is definitely not my highest priority, which I don't recommend, but I'm very passionate towards Tego, and this is the most fun I've ever had, so it's kind of like addicting to work on it, and when I'm at school, it's definitely not the my main focus right now. Uh, yeah, which is not the best advice, so if anyone's listening to this, I'm really sorry. <laughs> So talk about as you're progressing through your degree and then like how the idea came about, maybe start back at kind of like the, the stage zero and then we can evolve how the company is to where it is today. Yeah, so stage zero would actually be my move to Columbus. I was from Youngstown, lived there my whole life and was very comfortable there. I mean, I know that Youngstown doesn't have the best reputation, but I always felt safe when I was there just because I knew everyone. And uh, moving to Columbus, I had that same mentality. So I was shopping at a grocery store, which I guess has a lot of um, different types of people there and I don't know if this person was sober or not but they were following me for several hours and I was being naive and just not paying attention to my surroundings because I, I literally had headphones on I was listening to a podcast like that's you sh I should have never done that in a new city and he ended up just grabbing me and insulting me and it was horrible because uh, it was my first week and so I was questioning myself I almost wanted to move back to Youngstown after that because I was like just didn't think I can be on my own. And that's when I got the idea of Tego, mainly from calling my dad anywhere I was going. Um, I was making him stay on the phone with me and making sure I got to my location, which is actually really unsafe. And if you feel unsafe, you should not be on your phone. You should be focusing on the road or whatever you're doing. And so I had this idea of an app that can kind of keep me connected with my dad. I can put away my phone. But at the time, I just wasn't ready to program it. So that was 
2016, I think, when I moved when I moved here. So then 2018 rolls around and the hackathon comes up. And I do the hackathon every year. But my team and I, we didn't have an idea planned. So I was like, all right, well, this is the idea I've been holding on. And this is my grandbaby idea. Like, I felt very close to it. And I like honestly didn't want to do it at the hackathon. Um, but we couldn't come up with anything else. So we ended up doing it. And uh, so anyone that doesn't know, hackathon's a 24-hour coding challenge. And uh, you can have a team up to four people. We only had two people on it. And we just coded the whole night. And I honestly thought it was really bad. I didn't think we were going to win. And I was going to leave before the judging happened. Uh, luckily, I didn't because that validation I got from the judges is the reason why I'm working on it now. So talk about that validation. Like, What did they say to you that kind of made you feel more confident in the idea? A lot of them was like, I need this. I would use this now. And then they were also giving me features to add on to it. So Votego, if you are protecting someone on their trip, um, you can see their phone battery percentage, which is really nice because a lot of time if people like leave clubs late, their phones are about to die. So if you can't get a hold of them, you can see that their phone died. Uh, and I wouldn't have thought of that if one of the judges at the hackathon didn't tell me to add that in there. Yeah, I think that, that like, just anybody who has a friend, especially friends that are, that are girls yeah. or women that knows that experience, right? Like, my fiance calls me all the time, like, hey, I'm walking my car. Yeah. And I think that's definitely something that I can think of, like, five or six people that I'm like, hey, go get this app. It sounds great. Like, this should help you a lot. So I think that there's definitely a lot of validation out there, at least in the market. And uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. So what it, talk about the process, though, from there, right? So you get that validation. And you think, okay, well, maybe we can't do something. What are next steps look like? Like, how do we start building this from a hackathon idea and uh, 24 hours of coding mm -hmm. into, hey, we're launching an Android app, we're rolling out with a business here? So uh, just to kind of give a date, this was October 31st. So November 1st, really the next day, I went and I called up the smartest Android developer and the smartest iOS, iOS developer I, I knew. I developed, but I did the backend development. So I needed people to do iOS and Android. Both of them said, yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot more convincing. So um, we had the first meeting like three or four days after. And we were just like, all right, this is um, we also, any anyone who uses the app now, none of the code is from the hackathon. Just so you know, that was just <laughs> that was just for that day. Um, but we pretty much just got together, uh, figured out what we wanted in the app, and started building it. So uh, we did not do anything that you should do if you have a business. We did not survey users. We did not figure out if there was a market. We did not even analyze any of our competitors. I was just like, this is exactly what I needed. And then I started learning more about business along the way. And I realized, I like, oh, there are competitors. Oh, I should research them and figuring out like how to differentiate us and who our users are and who our buyers are and stuff like that. But I definitely know like the typical story. I didn't start this off like the normal way of like researching and then building. So those two people that you called, like, were they already done with college? Were they friends of yours? Were they, like, young professionals? Uh, they were friends of mine. One was in college and one was out of college. Um, but I was still, none of them wanted to be my co-founder. They just wanted to help me develop it. So I was still a solo founder at the time. I now have a co-founder. He's amazing. But it took him a little bit to come on to the to our Fonteo because he was working on his own company at the time. And it was, yeah, it just took a lot of convincing. I was going to say, so tell, tell me a little more about that. I mean, it sounds like you were looking for a co-founder that could maybe balance out a team? Like, I just want to understand mm -hmm. where, where, why you were working to bring him in and where he fits in this whole story. Yeah, I, I think that, at least for me, I'm, I like bouncing ideas off other people and having someone fully invested in, like, as a co-founder just was comforting to me. And Mark is my co-founder. He's amazing. Uh, 
he actually was a person that, like most of the time when I felt unsafe, he would be the one I would call to go and like walk me home or something like that. So I felt like if anyone was gonna understand the other side of the story, because I understand what it feels like to be the traveler, the person that feels unsafe, but I'm not really the one that people call to like come and walk them home. So I, I felt like he fit that puzzle piece really well, but he was also an amazing developer in other ways than me. And we also don't always see eye to eye on business, which is good because we can, can communicate really well which I think is also just a characteristic you should find in a co-founder, someone you can communicate well with. Uh, so it, it was just starting to show him that progress. Uh, I think he came on around January 1st or that week. So I just had to show him that like, hey, I'm developing this. Hey, we're working on this. This is how far we're getting. And then eventually he wanted to come on. So when he jumped on full go, like what did, what did the process look like from there? How did the company evolve? And how did you guys begin to put things together? And have you done your, your market validation since then? Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll start from the beginning of that. So when Mark came on, Mark is mainly in iOS. And we realized that let, instead of making an iOS and Android app um, side by side, let's just focus on one app. Then we can kind of like roll this out as our MVP, talk to our users, figure out like what what they like, what they don't like, and then build the Android app and redo the iOS app. It, that was probably our biggest learning lesson, but luckily we learned that quick, so we didn't waste too much time um, for the Android app. But uh, so Mark came on, we were able to get the iOS app out March 1st. So we kind of started, we had, um, November was a very like planning um, period, and so December 1st was our first day of coding. So December to March 1st, we were able to build the whole iOS app out and test it and get beta out and like fully released on March 1st well, for less than $1,000. So we, we were able to get it pretty cheap and do it pretty fast. So, and I think that was, be I know that was because of Mark. Yeah. What goes into that kind of a rollout when you're rolling out the iOS app, right? Like, so you roll it out, mm -hmm. right? And post on the app store. Yeah. Do you have to do any like marketing for that? Like what, like what were you doing when you rolled it out other than yeah. just saying, hey, here's this app, buy it, or here's this yeah. app, use it? That's, a, I think, the number one problem like most engineers do is they just say, like, oh, it's in the app store? I'm good. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> so uh, I spent all February emailing all the sororities at Ohio State saying, hey, I'm making this app. I know a lot of girls have this issue of like feeling unsafe while walking alone. Can I come talk to your chapter meeting and tell them about the app? And we got about 10 sororities to uh, say yes within the first two weeks. So that was how I, because I think in the first three days of releasing, we had 250 users, and it was just mainly just going to sororities and telling them about it. On top of that, I um, so at OSU you get 500 free prints, um, and so I everyone on our team used all their free prints, and we just put flyers everywhere on campus, which really helped too. So I do most of the marketing now. Um, there's also a girl named Claire on our team who helps us a lot. We're lucky that a lot of girls resonate with our mission and they kind of relate to my story. So they just targeting the right people and telling them about it. They'll usually spread it for us. All right, Conquerors, we're gonna take a quick break here in the show to tell you about a group called Columbus Gives Back. If you're looking for a way to get involved in your community, but you don't know where and how to start, look no further than Columbus Gives Back. By partnering with over 150 Central Ohio nonprofits, Columbus Gives Back makes volunteering fun and easy by offering 30 to 40 volunteer events each month that are free of cost, commitment, and hassle. Sign up for your first event today at columbusgivesback.org. That's columbusgivesback.org. All right, let's get back into the episode. Do you think being on a, I mean, I would say probably yes, but I want to see what your thoughts are. Like being on a campus like Ohio State, like, how does that how's that helped you other than just having sororities to go to? There's got to be a lot of people out there and a lot of, like, 
the resources that a place like Ohio State has seems like it was an important part of this. Oh, it was so important. There's so many amazing professors. Like, like I said, I came at this like the engineering. I just wanted it. I built the product. Like that's what I thought of first. And I didn't even realize like, oh my gosh, I have to make money to make this sustainable, which I know it makes sense now. But at the time, I was just like, oh, I'll just make a product. And um, and so, so many professors, we figured out ways to, one, like serving people, because serving people is kind of hard if you ask leading questions. So a lot of professors have like helped me not ask leading questions so we can get valuable feedback. But then on top of that, building like a revenue model that will make this sustainable, ways to even just get grants. Like there's so many grants for students. So I think it, I don't know if this could have worked when I graduated, especially just the amount of time I spent on it. If I had a full-time job, I'd don't, I obviously couldn't spend as much time on Tago, but uh, yeah, OSU played a large hand in this. And what about the monetization aspect? You talked about, you know, now you've realized that you've got to find a way to make money on it. How are you approaching doing that? Yeah, so after talking to our users, we one thing is we always think safety should be free, mainly because I know a lot of girls in university can't afford uh, safety effort, anyone in university. So we thought that the best way would be for convenient feature. So one thing right now that we're working on is if you leave your home after a certain hour, Tego can automatically start a trip for you and alert someone that, so like your fiance can alert you um, every time she leaves her home after a certain hour, or if someone leaves campus after a certain hour, just any area that you feel unsafe, um, it can automatically start a trip, which is a convenient feature that all, um, not all our users said they pay for but 40 40 percent said they would different like varying pays but that subscription model will be rolled out august 1st and where are you at in terms of user base right now right now we have 2,000 users and we're growing about 20 percent week over week it's pretty it's pretty good growth rate so you mentioned you're handling the marketing and yeah. what's the team look like today like you're handling marketing. You mm -hmm. mentioned someone named Claire helps with that. Yeah. You got your co-founder Mark, development team. Like, who else is there involved? Yeah. So Aaron is head of Android development. He's super awesome. Um, he also, I do a lot of our UI development, but we all come together for that too. And I do a lot of our backend development. And then there is Sierra. She's um, she's like a mentor of mine, but she's really just joined in and helped with a lot of our strategy and talking to larger, um, like larger corporations, because there is ways for us to partner with them too. Um, and then. And there's a guy named Christopher, and he's just been amazing with just connecting us with people in Columbus, and like um, we're just trying to get more plugged in and like help businesses in Columbus. So he's been doing that. Yeah, and as you continue to grow, like how have you been? Like have you been doing a lot of this recruiting, like grabbing people in, bringing people in? Is it word of mouth? Yeah, a lot of I, I realized that everyone I've tried to bring on hasn't been the right fit. And everyone who's asked to come on has been the perfect fit. So I've kind of, at the beginning, I try to recruit everyone, but I, I just realized that like, if you, like, you have to believe in our mission, obviously too, and understand it. And some of our like earlier team members didn't fully understand that this was an issue or this wasn't their issue. And so, um, we just didn't, like, the work wasn't right, but everyone that's on now has either reached out to me other than my co-founder to come on. Yeah. So you, you mentioned a little bit earlier about the competitive landscape. What does that look like for you guys right now, and how are you trying to differentiate yourself? Yeah, so there are a lot of competitors in our space, um, they, and some of them fit different needs than us. There's uh, one app out there that I think is great if you are a victim of domestic violence and you cannot call 911 yourself or like you can't have um, a friend of yours call 911 because they have a call center in their app and that's probably a better fit for you. Uh, 
how we differentiate ourselves is the community aspect. Uh, a lot of people don't find value in a safety app unless they feel unsafe. So with Tego, people are using it to meet up with each other. They're using it just to let their loved ones know that they made it home. And that whole community aspect that it brings through traveling has been getting us the recurring users or recurring usage. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting aspect of any sort of applications like how that community builds up around around yeah. it yeah are you doing anything to emphasize that the community other than continuing to code towards like getting people more connected like you said meeting up like was that something that you guys intentionally coded in to help build that community or is that an idea that came from the community and you just yeah it was just like how it? our users adopted it i wasn't expecting um I just like was like, oh, this is a great safety app. And then we were looking at seeing who was reoccurring, and we realized that if it's two or three people just constantly tagging each other, and so then we realized that like they either left, like they met up or they left each other, and then talking to them, it um, it seemed to be a lot of couples just letting each other know. So we are trying to target that more, but I mean, we even use it for our meetings because usually uh, one of us is running late. Uh, on that note. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, so what, what were some of your biggest challenges then, building the app, yeah. and then what do you foresee being some of the biggest challenges moving forward for your team? Uh, moving forward, well, I guess the biggest challenges up to now, it was definitely, just for me, hard being a solo founder. And I mean, I have Mark now, he's great. But before I had Mark, uh, we actually, one of our team members passed away, and that was just hard, because I was a solo founder at the time, so dealing with that and ever touching his work, it's weird, because like it felt like I was like, like deleting a piece of him, if that makes sense. So that was probably, that was a hard part earlier on. Then after Mark came on, learning, I just like learning how someone else thinks is always, I don't want to say it's the hardest part, but it was, it's different. We're, we kind of got it down now and I'm, I learned to just ask more, but um, it, less assuming, more asking. But then in the future, uh, just also showing like differentiating us again uh, the personal safety market is uh, and that's where we would be fitting in is it is a larger like there are a lot of competitors and just showing that we we do differentiate than our than them is probably gonna be the hardest part what are your goals look like for the future and, and what are you looking at for like the next year or so um, so in, in the next year we want to roll out more than just Ohio State you technically can use Tago anywhere in the US Mexico and Canada but we want to just market more out of Ohio State where we found a list of like 20 most I hate saying this like violent school or schools where use uh, students experience most violence and so we want to like help those schools and like serve them because I think they they need more help and on top of that again just like proving that we are a company showing our business model works uh getting that subscription model out for sure definitely so where can people go to find more about tego like our listeners out there that are tuning in right now if they want to go learn about the app if you want to learn about the app best way to do it is on our website it's tego.tech or uh if you have an iphone just go look in the app store it's tego perfect well, we'll make sure to link some of that stuff down in the show notes, guys. You want to learn more about Tego, check it out down in the links. And uh, I guess that's a good place to kind of start pivoting towards some of our last questions of the show. And mm -hmm. one that I have for you, I think, is centered around, so not many people take an experience that happened to them and, and think, hey, I'm going to turn this into an application of business to help others. Was there something particular about your personality, the way that everything progressed that you feel really pushed you to build this application, or was it just kind of a mixing of circumstances like is there something you feel strongly about that made you want to go and actually build 
other than obviously the yeah, sorry yeah. i'm butchering this <laughs> no, question no, it's okay but hopefully the the concept comes across yeah no, fully understood you i grew up my dad has always had businesses my entire life and it's weird because he worked so much that he honestly missed a lot of like my events just growing up and so i was like oh i never want to have a business because like if i have kids like i want to be involved um and then i think sometimes like just also seeing his passion towards it was honestly the thing that like kind of turned me around and i just realized he was super passionate and i'm very passionate about this it, it I tried to not have a business. Like I really tried to, uh, I guess, work a nine to five. It just wasn't for me. I, yeah, it wasn't for me. I had an um, internship before and I w would go to the bathroom just crying all the time just cause it wasn't, it just wasn't for me, I guess. Yeah. Was it, was it just working for other people that you didn't like or was it like the structure of everything? I, they didn't have the best coding practices and I knew that I knew that they were doing things wrong, but again, I knew I was so low on the totem pole and they were a very like bureaucratic um, business. And like, I would voice some of them and it would just always like fall on deaf ears. So I would just, it, it stunk so much cause I knew that they were really messing up and there are some ways I can help. And maybe I didn't approach it right, but uh, definitely crying in the bathroom was not a, <laughs> a good approach either. But uh, I think after that, they kind of just like gave me a bad taste and I was just like, I, I don't think I could do this. There you go. Now you got your own thing. So, yeah. uh, uh, well, I guess, Angela, I think that's a good place to pivot towards one of our last questions of the show. Right. It's, it's centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which right. is live uncomfortably. Yeah. And without telling you too much about why Josh and I chose that one for our show, what do you think of when you hear the phrase? How do you apply it to uh, your life in Tago? I guess there's sometimes where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I have a business and I have 2000 users and I have to make sure this app works because it's a safety app. And I like, I just wake up panicking and then I feel like I'm okay. It takes a minute. And so I think with, when I hear live uncomfortably, it's kind of just like doing things that maybe aren't the easiest way. Cause I know there, I just know in life there was an easier route I could have taken, but I think that if I was 50, I would not be happy with my life if I took that route, but it would have been a lot easier or will be. Cause I know like life is only going to get harder, but I'll get stronger. So it's okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, perfect Angela. Well, Hey, that's a great answer. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us on our show. We'll look over there. Josh doesn't look like he's got any last questions. He's given me the, uh, the stone cold stare. <laughs> So, uh, Conquerors, thanks a lot for tuning in. That was Angela Rucci of Tego. If you guys enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Leave us a like. Check us out on iTunes. And check out Tego and their application. Go down to the show notes. Click those links. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes, it really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus. And their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community and Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. 
Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. You could drop me anywhere on the planet, in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.